What's going on, everybody? Jesse here from Flyers Alley. I want to talk to you guys about Sterling Pig Brewery out of Media, Pennsylvania. Delco, hashtag Delco, whatever you want to call it, Delaware County. One of the best craft breweries in the greater Philadelphia area. They're pumping out some serious beers, including my personal favorite, the Baltimore Pike Porter, a 5.8% porter. It's darker than the night. The taste that this beer gives off, I can't even put it into words. It's got mocha, coffee, chocolate hints. It's amazing. Make sure you guys go to your local distributor. Check out everything that they have to offer if you're in the greater Philadelphia area. Like I said, www.sterlingpig.com. Check out everything they're doing. You guys have a great night. Go Flyers! Hey everybody, Jesse here from Flyers Alley. Just want to remind you guys to stay tuned after episode 101 of Flyers Alley for me and Anthony Verasso's interview with former Flyers goaltender Michael Layton. just said, fuck you! down there what's going on everybody that's here flyers alley along with w wade i like your little thing there found her a fuck around front <laughs> i was hoping no one else uses it i was like dude this it just, just appeared for me this time when i rebooted everything so maybe that hard reset 
it's nice a new drunk drivers you know yeah <clears throat> yeah uh what's going on everybody like i said here with gubby wade here for episode 101 we were past 100 so thanks everybody for coming and showing up and watching especially brandon paul so i know before i even click on the uh comment button i know it's, oh, it's not him even ross good afternoon go eagles steve roth is our uh old city's newest uh writer for the sixers going on steve love this kid that's some good stuff um yes fucking super bowl we got we got to get into it before we begin anything that's fucking eagles for the super bowl i i have a sundays for the birds shirt i haven't put it on yet only thing i have um you know rest in peace on this sort of birds no longer with the network um but you know i'll probably do something live today so you know whatever um but yeah, with that being said, uh, Flyers are on right now, uh, going against the Seattle Kraken down two one. Uh, Tippett scored. Uh, shots are ten to four in the favor of the Kraken. Uh, we will have live updates. I got stuff hooked up. OCSN landline is officially on. You can call in, call in, Brandon. If you're gonna do it, Scotty Longwind, whoever's gonna do it. I don't know why you keep going. Stop going. Um. Yeah, so get that going. We'll have live, you know, horn going off when they score. All that's going on. What's going on, man? How was your week? How was how's the weekend going? I guess uh, the-, the week was pretty pretty shitty. Yeah, I can, I can agree. Physically, mentally, got the stomach bug going around. Yeah, yeah, I know. So, yeah, you know, but they don't. Yeah, it's. I, I'm I'm right there with you. At least I didn't end up in the hospital like you did. Yeah, I was I was in, I was in. I left work on Friday and was like, I'm just done. I, I didn't realize that I literally haven't, you know, done dropped some twos in like regularly in like a month. Ooh. So yeah, went in there was completely dehydrated and you know they hooked me up with a couple of IVs of fluid, got me on my way and I'm here. Made a new deal. Got a new announcement with, uh, you know, we made uh, made another deal with another brewery over Hangman Brewery on uh, Philly Pike in Claymont. So uh, we're going to be working exclusively with them. I think uh, they are going to be our only thing in, in Delaware. Vince from uh, DCAR from the uh, fan lot shows up. What's up? Uh, Tom McGuire also. What's up, fellas? What's going on, guys? Thanks for coming out. Um, yeah, we got a lot of big stuff going on. I'm literally talking to uh, Randall Cunningham right now. Uh, to come on whatever Eagle show we have. So we'll see what happens with that. Probably going to do that. And uh, got a bunch of other announcements, but let's, we're here to talk Flyers, not talk Eagles. Um, yeah, um, the week's been going good. I get back to work on Tuesday. Um, hey, you guys, uh, off Monday. No, I got I got doctor's note wanted me to return back on Tuesday. Gotcha. So I'm gonna, gonna do that. I, I I don't know. I might go back if, if I feel up more for it. I'll go back. But uh, yeah. So first intermission, first period just ended. Eleven shots to four, two one. Uh, Seattle. We'll see what happens. Hopefully Alexiak and uh, you know, Gloria go at it. With that being said, make sure everyone goes and likes us on um, Facebook.com/slash/FlyersAlley, um, Twitter at FlyersAlleyPod one. And uh, Instagram at Flyers Alley, our YouTube page, Old City Sports Network. Check that out. We're getting a lot of a lot of movement in there. 
Um, I, I did see a bunch of people just literally followed us. Uh, I'll go grab you guys as well after the show. Uh, got here. Thomas McGuire, wait, Randall Cunningham is coming on. Yeah, so, okay, real quick. Um, I, I've been in contact with a couple of the former Eagles and was going to put them on Sundays for the Birds, but we don't have Sundays for the Birds anymore. So we're going to get a new Eagle show, and we're going to put them on there. Talking to Randall Cunningham, uh, Rodney Pete, uh, Mike Mamula, and um, Donovan McNabb. So we will see what happens. Uh, I am currently in talks with Mamula and uh, Randall Cunningham the most. So we're going to see what happens with that. Uh, if we have to, I'll get on there. I don't care. I'll do what I got to do because I do what's best for the network. Um, that being said, uh, let's get into some alley talk. Alley Talks brought to you by Fanatics. Go to the link in the description. Go buy your flyer stuff from there. Use code SHIP24 checkout for free shipping on anything site-wide. You can click on our link. You don't have to buy flyer stuff. You want to support us, put some money in our pocket. You can buy eagle shit there. You can buy eagle shit there. You can buy anything. If you want to go down the road to the Redskins, you can do that. Whatever you want to do. They're not called the Redskins anymore, so. I don't care. Just cancel you out. Cancel that. Um, yeah. Blackhawks. Okay. Be situational. Um, yeah. Use the link in the description. Do what you got to do. Go buy whatever you want to buy. Uh, we are getting a soccer show soon. Uh, I, I actually told that uh, our Toronto Maple Leaf show is actually airing tomorrow. So, first uh, round loss there, like always. Um, Um. Yes, yeah, so let's get into it. Flyers lose against the uh, Islanders, two to one. Um, uh, regulation. Uh, let's see. Nick Delorier scored, assisted by Tony D'Angelo in the second period, and Nick Sealer. And that was it. Um, I don't know your thoughts on this game. It was a rough week for me. Like I said, I was under the weather. Didn't really watch too many of the games, but I yeah. watched the recaps. So, you know, I could cover us if if need be. Not nah, that game. I don't really don't. You know, it wasn't going to be a high-scoring game anyway because it's the Islanders. They're not, yeah. you know, they're a grounded-out team like us right now. They're just a low-scoring team always. Yeah. So, like. Which is weird because if you look at their history, they're, you know, like bossy. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, the trade that happened isn't really doing too much. He's scoring. But I don't know. It's not a needle mover. None of these trades are needle movers. Like they're scoring. Like the one for they're building. For they're still building it. Yeah. Well, the one for Tarasenko was. I, I like that trade. Uh, that that's gonna be that's gonna be deadly. That's gonna be deadly. But it doesn't. It, it moves the needle, but not as much as everyone thinks. Oh, you're um, talking about the Rangers move. I thought you were well, talking about the Islanders. I was, I was talking about both. Both because the, the, they're the, the big ones that have happened. What's going on, Brandon? Did you see uh, what Patrick Kane? I believe he tweeted out. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I saw. Yeah, I mean, like I mean, he's the one that's that didn't say anything to anybody where he wanted to go yet. Oh, so it's all on him. Yep. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of things we're gonna we're gonna do a center ice um, Tuesday, and we're gonna we're gonna touch on a lot of stuff. 
revamping that show. It's going to be real good. Um, but yeah, so they lose there. And, and like I said, that's that's gonna, that's a low-scoring thing. We're going to move on. Just want to, for my boy, broken jaw. It's not broken. It's fractured. Still, still broken. broken. Um, moving on. So the Flyers lose to the Oilers. And wait, no, we did. They won the Oilers. We beat the Oilers. Yeah, why do I have this down like that? Anyway, we won against the Oilers in in uh, a shootout. Right. So this is crazy. Um, and again, I wasn't able to watch this game. I was like dying in my bed. This is the one that I got to watch. Okay. Okay. Give me, so we got. So we got. Uh, Hayes scoring in uh, the first with uh, assisted by Sandheim and Scott Lawton. And then no one scored. I mean, a Kane. Yeah, I did, I, that, that game did very good for my fantasy, I must say. Uh, Vander Kane scored, bringing it to over uh, to overtime. Nothing happened. Then we get Travis Konechny scores, Morgan Frost scores. Nugent Hopkins scored, and then JVR scored. And I guess Drysaddle didn't. No. Is that how it went? He didn't. Okay. McDavid didn't. He only got uh, an assist. He okay. fucked up in the shootout, which is very unlikely of him. Ah, yeah, cool. That's yeah, real cool. Thanks a lot. Um, I'm paying them. I get. Oh, how Morgan I mean, Frost I, actually got a, uh, a goal in the shootout. Did the old uh, skate in slow. The old juke? Yeah. About time. It's it's a momentum. Heart, heart and good. But no, nobody wants to praise him for it. Nah, he actually did good, did good in the shootout. Yeah, it's good. I mean, it's not like nobody wants him to. Yeah, but nobody will praise him until he fucks up and then it's crucifying. You'll get crucified. Crucifiable. When he's when he's gone and we're in another goalie drought and he wins a fucking Vesna with another team like Bob did. Yep. I don't care. That's what it is. We'll just stay in this hellhole over forever. Over, forever. We're going to stay there forever. That's what I want. <laughs> uh, so then they lose to Nashville uh, two to one. Yeah. So I, did, I was able to watch this one. Uh, I actually was, oh, yesterday afternoon. It was, uh, we're literally pulling up to Charlotte's birthday at Oasis. And uh, it was ending, and it just put me in, in the worst mood of all time. But um, still get a point. That's fine. But I don't know. It was a close Hayes game. of all people is still putting up points. Who's that? Hayes. Yeah, it's like the uh, – I think I was able to watch that that part, and then we were leaving. I call that a fat boy breakaway. I think we were talking, right? Yep. Yeah, that was – The <laughs> slowest breakaway. But his hands were moving, though, at least. I'll give him that. Did the oh, old yeah. Forsberg. You pull like it to one side, you fake it, then you slide it back over, stretch the goalie out, and just put it past his pads. Oh, you can! Thank Charlotte? you. Charlotte? Yeah. I felt like you were looking for one. Um, yeah. 
Charlotte was confused because Kevin Hayes scored, but they didn't win. Confusion. Yeah, she she hasn't. Yeah. When they she's like, they won. Um, she wins because her boy scored. She she wins. She she doesn't care. She's like, yeah, let's go. Um. So, um, I I I like the game though. They played good. I mean, both teams they they were pretty even. Very physical game. Yeah, the Delorea fight was cool. I mean, even I think it was Faraby fought some kid that literally doesn't have hair on his nuts. Um, it's just I, well, I he Faraby went after the bigger guy. Yeah, because he hit Kate's. Didn't like that. And then they went after Ristolainen because Ristolainen had a check on some guy. Uh, he and, bodied Philip Forsberg. Yeah, it happens. I mean, it was a clean hit. It's just yeah. the guy. And he get hit by a bigger guy. You know, the same kind of hit happened to Scott Lawton uh, that same game, mm-hmm. almost in the same exact area, and it looked like it caught him off guard. Yeah. 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 I mean, that, I mean, it's it's still hockey, people. I mean, you got, I don't know what you want to do. I mean, you don't want to get checked. You probably shouldn't play. I mean, but, hey, yeah, we're going to – we'll ride that train forever. I mean, um, yeah. but – yeah, so that uh, and they're playing right now. Like I said, they're uh, they're losing as of right now. At the end of the first, uh, two to one to the Kraken. Uh, yeah, I think they're gonna pull away with this one. I don't know. I'll be surprised if we win this because of how physical and draining last night, yesterday's game was. Not even last night. I think in the first alone, I think we had fourteen hits in the first period alone yesterday. Well, yesterday, yeah, yeah. You know, and I'm going to get into it a little bit uh, in the the um, woodshed. is going to be a very interesting week, uh, time for this week. Um, yeah, we, we, we got to move on to a gritty look ahead because it's just – Okay. We got to get there. It's just going to be – But, yeah, we'll see what happens with the Flyers. Obviously, we'll probably still be – we'll be done before the game is over. So, um, yeah, go watch that and we'll get to a uh, gritty look ahead. Gritty Look Ahead is brought to you by Righteous Felon, Turkey Contraband. Go to www.righteousfelon.com. Use promo code OCSN for 15% off your jerky contraband. Uh, get that stuff now. They have Super Bowl specials going on right now. So uh, go check them out. I highly suggest the whole shebang. You might as well just get it all. At any order over $50, you get free shipping. So, I mean, you can't beat it. Plus, it's Wade is the jerky guy. It's some of the best on the market. I'm not really a jerky guy. I love and jerky. And it's, it's really not uh, super hard on your teeth like a lot of these other jerky brands are. It's very soft. Teeth friendly. They should put on the, the thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, uh, no root canal there. I will admit that I have this one molar or the wisdom tooth back here, and it just, I know it's going to get stuck back there. Yep, I do it, it anyway. Does. It's irritated for like a week, and I'm like, I don't care, and I, and I eat it again. And it's always one fucking piece that's in between your wisdom tooth and molar, always. And it's the smallest thing on the face that are. Yeah, so I expect like this big hunk of something back there, and it's like this little shit ass thing. 
But uh, yeah, go check them out. Use our promo code OCSN. Save yourself 15%. And then buy something over $50. I mean, buy some jerky, buy some shirts, buy some hats, buy some stuff. And it's free shipping. So, also, uh, over orders of 50 bucks. I got two fucking stickers. I don't know about you. I love free shit. I, I suck them all over my lunchbox. So I didn't realize how much I love stickers until I started getting them. Like, we got some from the shop. You got some like a kid all over again. I'm like, yeah, I got free sticker. Wow. Right on the fucking helmet. Not to, uh, hold on a second here. Not to, uh, here we go. Oh, I just had it. Not to do a little, little, little rewind. Do you remember when we were younger and they had those stickers in like the cow door that had like the, the outlines that were like sparkly and shit, but it was like weird. Yeah. So you probably, yeah. Remember that? That just made me think of that. I used to put that things on fucking everything. You could also, oh, uh, or I used to have tons of stickers on my guitar that I grew the up. The little was, quarter like, machine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pull the thing out, you steal yep. a band or yeah, drunken yeah. monkey picture, whatever the fuck. <laughs> yep, yep. Those were the days. And now here we are. He's on fire. Um, yeah, let's get into it. So we go, go up against the Kraken again on uh, Thursday. We got a nice little break from from today until Thursday. Uh, Ten o'clock, going over uh, west, going out west. Uh, Flyers rush cracked at Thursday at 10 o'clock. What do you got on this one? Um, Do they say who's in net out there? I would imagine probably Hart. I, mean, I can not see one. us pulling it. Give us a couple of day break again after this terrible weekend. Yeah, and just remember that, uh, I mean, uh, Sandstrom's in net right now. He, does, he doesn't look bad, so he's not looking too bad. But see what happens. I'm not even... Yeah, I, yeah, I know. I know. Cool. You had it right the first time. <laughs> Backwards. Yes. Kick. There you go. <laughs> um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that this, that'll probably be a win. Um, uh, providing today would be a, a loss. Um, but what happens? What happens? Uh, I'm just gonna be safe and say a win. If Hart's in, if he's in net, we get a win. I mean. They're also buzzing right now, so we'll see what happens. Um, and then Saturday at 10 o'clock again, they're going to continue their road trip to Vancouver at 10 o'clock. So I'm going to I'm going to go right ahead and say I'm not watching either one of these games. It's a night game, right? 10 o'clock. 10 o'clock. Yeah. You. Yeah. That's not even on your radar. <laughs> no. No shot. My, eyelid, my eyelids are Call of Duty. <laughs> at that time. On, um, Call of Duty. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm getting. I'm rearing up and getting ready to get uh, the Hogwarts Legacy game. I've heard nothing but great things. I, I don't even care. You can say so it. I don't. I'm even... going to leave studio now. Yeah, you can, <laughs> it's a dude. It looks. It looks great. The graphics look amazing. I'll give you that. A couple of streamers that I that I occasionally watch on YouTube are all jumping on it because Call of Duty is just shit show right now. Oh, okay. So. I didn't anything about that well there's a you can download this mod and you can easily just disconnect everybody from a fucking server just one click so it's kind of shitty if you're trying to do this challenge it's called for a nuke skin you got to win all right gamer talk right now so you got to win five battle royal matches in a row just to start (laughs) just to start this sixth uh match to get the uh, the nuke mission, 
the whole point of this nuke mission is you get these parts, get the chemicals, and every time you're getting it, there's one part of this chemical like that you get. Everybody on the map sees you. Like there's okay. no fucking hiding. The another chemical you get starts giving you radiation, so it starts knocking your health down. And third part, I fucking I don't even know yet. I don't have time for first person shooters, okay? <laughs> so then you gotta put it in the fucking nuke bomb all together. Set it to set it off, and then you gotta defend it while you're doing all that. Oh yeah, the third chemical is like a jailbreak. So everybody that died that's sitting in the gulag or whatever, mm-hmm. they all fucking come back in. So everybody's fucking gunning for you because you're trying to fucking just drop the nuke and wipe the fucking game out and win. And all you get from it is a fucking skin that you look like uh like a hoodlum. Uh-huh. Black hood and ski mask. So yeah. So hackers have this thing now where they could just click and just crash the server and nobody wins. And each time you lose, you gotta restart over again. So even if you won four straight games, you fucking lose your fifth one, you gotta start all over again. <laughs> or if you lose during the nuke one, you gotta start all the way over again. Right. Yeah, it's too so it much. sucks. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple things that I was looking looking at getting the new Star Wars game. Uh, first one was Which good. Which one's that? It's the uh, Jedi. First one was like Jedi. Is it like the part two of the of that newest one where yeah. it had that red edit fucking kid? Yep. Yep. Cal Kestis. Let's get out of here. Um, we'll All right. Let's get back. But yeah, so they're going against Vancouver. What do you think, Vancouver uh, Flyers, Saturday, 10 o'clock? Well, Vancouver is kind of a tricky spot right now. They got Tockett. Yep. Last time I saw their standings, they were 2-1 and one with Tockett as a coach, but that was earlier this week. So players might be playing better, you know, trying to stay on the team and not just getting shipped out for draft picks. Right. So I would like us to say that we're going to win. Because Vancouver still sucks, so I could see I could see us winning against Vancouver. Um, I mean, a new coach, new vibe comes in. I mean, that's how it happened. I mean, right the, the first game that he coached, they won, um, which is great for Tockett. I mean, he's a Flyers legend, so it is what it is. I'm not going to not root for the guy. Um, but yeah, I see I see us beating them because it's just it's it's so early. It's going to be unorganized to a certain extent. The Flyers are they're they're playing hungry. They're they're in every game, um, and I'll get into that. That's actually a term that we're gonna get into in the uh, woodshed because there's a lot of a lot of torch shit going on in the woodshed. Um, so yeah, I'd say I could I could see it going either ways. I know that's kind of like both sided, but it's just like the the Canucks are in like kind of the same situation we are. Like, but they're having like a really bit bad goalie issue right now. So, but uh, all almost all their players so far are outspoken. They want to be off the team. Yeah. Yeah, there's so. a lot of lot of uh I think it's I think in reality uh, JT Miller does want off the team even though he did sign all that money. I think, you know, he probably finally got the money that he wanted, but he's like the organization's shit show. So. Yeah. Um and Brock Bether clearly wants off. Um well, I mean, he, if, yeah, he he stated it along with yeah. their goaltender Thatcher Demko. Yeah, I Demko. I'm pronouncing his name right. I think I think I just saw earlier today that he was actually sent down 
conditioning. Oh, probably. So, um, it is what it is. That that team has been the West Coast's, um, I guess you could say Jets, or not the Flyers, I guess even the Flyers. Uh, in the situation of what's going on, uh, we don't have anyone that wants to leave, maybe Pro Raw, if you could put it in that category. But um, I think Pro just wants to have he, more respect around him. That's what it is. It's not so much he wants to leave. Yeah, wants we got the media. I mean, like our media, yeah, we're cutthroat, but, you know. That's the word for it. If you if you want to be fucking left alone, maybe you shouldn't be fucking doing dumb TikTok shit and tweeting dumb fucking shit out. I agree. I agree. Yeah, watch this area. Uh, bad one. Pay attention too. They pay attention, but fan base is shit there. So, um, they pay attention to nothing. Um. Um, forgot to even mention that. Yeah, following this uh, on audio, on the audio end, you guys will be able to listen to our uh, me and Anthony's interview with Michael Layton earlier. So, uh, really cool thing. I Is that going to be up on YouTube anywhere? That interview, at least. Yeah, I'll put that up. I'll put that up. That'll go up. Yeah, you got to put that up. Um, but yeah, it'll be up on the audio end. You know, it'll be on this this audio end on Spotify and everywhere you get your podcast. And I'll put them up separately because they're two separate videos. So, um, but yeah, we'll see what happens with that. Uh, let's get into our buttes of the week. Uh, yeah, so Flyers Alley's Beauty of the Week is brought to you by Sterling Pig Brewery of Media, Pennsylvania. Go to www.sterlingpig.com. Check out all their cool stuff. They got food over there. They got beers over there. We did just get our new shipment from our beer sponsors. Like I said, we did get a new beer sponsor. We're going to be doing that uh, episode of Delco Dive coming up in the next, I would say, week or two. Uh, new format, new everything. It's going to be cool. Good time. Um, Sterling Pig just released uh, their monthly, and it's a... I remember a red IPA. Never had it before. Never heard of it before. Got to be good. They put out some good stuff. They put out some good food. I'm surprised they didn't go uh, an Irish theme. Well, it's February. Oh, yeah. It's not March. Red Valentine's Day. Last year, they did that beer with... uh, They put those candy hearts inside the beer. And then shortly after we got it from them, they said they were never doing it again. I actually still have one just because I like to keep the ones that they never do. You know, I wonder why it wasn't good. Oh, okay. It was not. Well, you know, and and I think that's unfair for me to say because I was very new to the craft beer scene back then. So everything was kind of like, what the hell is going on here? So, but there are a couple of them like the, uh, the collab, they had that chocolate stout that I rave about. We got the last batch of that, which is really cool. And I really appreciate that from them. Uh, There's a bunch of stuff they're giving us that are like the last of the, because we're going to, we have a, I explained to them how our new our new uh, layout's going to be. It's going to be sick. So, um, real big spotlight on the craft beer community in the local area. If you're a big big craft brewery p- place, stay away from us. Um, I'll tell you about that later. It's it's actually kind of sad. I'll tell you about it later. Anyway, uh, beauty of the week. Who do you got? Nikki D, putting up goals, throwing fists. Okay. Wrist aligning, throwing bodies. 
and he's actually seems like he's playing better too. I think finally probably got an ear lashing with Tortorella and they probably worked with him, you know, behind the scenes type shit. And it seems like he's figuring out what Tortorella exactly wants to do with Ristolainen. And, and it seems like he's on the same page now. Oh, hold on. Oh, Those are my two. Didn't hear what you said. Owen Tippett scored. Number two? Yep, Owen Tippett. 2-2. Two, two. I'm not going to say because I don't want to jinx it. I was about to pick him, and now I'm not going to pick him. <laughs> um, you, you only got one, Nicky D? Two. And then Ristolainen. Oh. His play is just getting better um, as a top four D-man. Not for top two, but, you know, laying down the fucking bodies. Not great, but good positioning. And Sandstrom, <clears throat> not Sandstrom, Sandheim is playing better too. Um, that'll be my third, but he, he wanted to throw down, it looked like the other night, but uh, he didn't. Real quick, uh, correction JVR scored, assisted by Tippett and Morgan Frost. Okay. It oh, came so up. They, so they put up. that line back together. Yeah. That dude, they're they're showcasing the fuck out of JVR right now, and that's something else we're going to talk about too. Uh, yeah, let's save that because I saw a little something. Oh, nice reports. Yes, yes. Um, yes, yeah, so mine is going to be. Uh, I got to give it to Farabee. One, I got to give it to Farabee. And there's two guys that I got to give it to here. Uh, Why would Fer- you give it to Farabee? Hear me out. To give it to Farabee for uh, picking up for uh for Noah Cates for the hit that he took. Questionable hit. Didn't really get looked at too much. It was very awkward. He's a young kid. But then I got to give it to Noah Cates for doing the same thing. He did the same thing. Like, th- this is this is the culture that I love. This is exactly what it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And, you know, us growing up, and this matter, This makes sense to me and you. You're probably going to go against me because that's what you do. But we grew up. You got punched in the fucking face. That happened. Yeah. If you didn't get punched in the face, dude. You really, you really should have just. I was the type of kid punch me in the face at the beginning of the day, so I could just get it over with. Cause it's gonna fucking happen. Um, very feisty, loved the fight. You know, had to obviously throw that away. But like, you got it. You got to be able to. You're not a complete human being unless you get punched in the face at least once in your life. These guys, they need that. These kids these days need to need to be reminded what the old school hockey is. So that when you do get get hit in the face, it's nothing new. Now Noah Cates doing that. Is is a lot bigger to me than than Farabee because Farabee does it a lot though he really does he just got through a, a, was it was a back surgery or a back injury back surgery you know yeah. and he's going out there throwing hands dude that is a bold fucking move dude and I do got to give kudos to him uh, but it, it is Nick Delorier too but those two right there back to back they both did it in the same game uh, Noah Case got he's got my my respect just for that because that that's unreal so it's always Nick Delorier. Too, but, yeah. All right. I was just, I was like, wait a minute. Just yeah, skip that over. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the thing, you know, I expect more out of Joel Farabee. I do, I do remember that he, he got his back surgery done. Well, here's the thing now. You just did this this week. So, you know, it, it, obviously he, he's healthy. So let's, let's kick it up a couple gears. Hopefully after that, you know, we'll do our thing. Just say. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
we can get in. Uh, we don't, there's. I don't have a Philly City top. I, I keep slacking on that. Yeah, we keep forgetting about it. It's new. Sue us. Oh, here we go. He knows time. Checks in from YouTube. What's up, guys? New to the channel. Wanted to come and say, hey, hey, what's going on? Yeah, I, I, I'm the one that controls that channel. Sorry, I haven't subscribed to you back yet. We're live, obviously. I'll do that right when we get off. I appreciate it. Thanks for coming on, bro. Um, let's get into the woods. Uh, the Woodshed's brought to you by the Shemity Creek Brewing Company. You go to www.theshemityCreekBrewingCompany.com. Check out all their cool stuff over there. They got the best can art in the business. I have some in the fridge. Uh, Super Bowl's coming. I'm sorry. It's happening. I'm sorry. It's just, it is what it is. Um, they got the best can art in the biz, like I just said. They're right out of Croydon, PA, in Bucks County. Uh, what we're doing here is we're trying to get one from each county, but we're boom. Got, I got a rep out there. We got. One we're talking to in Newark. We got one around the corner for me in Claymont. You know, we're, we're just doing, we're doing big things here. Media Delco is already taken care of. We got Sterling Pig. It's great. Good time. Uh, go out there. They're, they're doing the Eagles thing. Sterling Pig's doing the Eagles thing. I know uh, our newest guy, Hangman's having a chili out right now, right down the street from me. Yeah, yeah. So they're, they're big things. You're going to start seeing this all over the place. Uh, but, yeah, so check them out. Check out their beer. If you're in the Bucks County, Delaware County area, you can usually find Sterling Pig and uh, – Shamity Creek anywhere you go. Um, with that being said, our first order of business here is going to be ports. Is it thicker? It is thicker. Ports on TDA's game. Did you hear any of this? Yeah. Okay. He's, so he's hear, offensive, but he's terrible at defense or some shit. I, I want to hear your opinion. Well, the, the one thing that he said, I want to hear your opinion on it. But and then I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up the one thing that bothers me that he said. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts? You want me to say what my thing first, and then you go at it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just goes out. What's that? Yep. Here we go. Okay, so my problem is, um, and you're going to hear this, and this take is from, from John Scott. Uh, you know, dropping the gloves with John Scott's great show. I recommend go listen to it. Um, Torch has got it. He he's got to he's got to stop this at some point. I love I love the, either the players are playing or they're not. They can't they can't be. The John Scott thing is is he's got to he's got to take some accountability for the way that what's going on here. But at the same time, I I personally don't see anything wrong with TDA's game. Um, and that just that might be just me, but. The problem is they can't be in every game. You can't say that they're in every game and then say that certain players aren't. It's a team effort, and in my personal opinion, I don't think TDA is playing bad. Um, there may be things that, that I'm not seeing. Like I said, I haven't I haven't paid that close of attention. I've been a little stuck under the weather lately. But the things that I've seen, you know, I've seen his, his uh, stretch passes, his long-distance passes, improved or tape to tape. You know, I see him being aggressive. I've and you also see him keeping his cool and keeping his composure. Now, if Tor and I believe Torch is talking about him maybe taking bad penalties or maybe losing his cool or whatever, but like 
my personal opinion, it's, I think it's time for Torch to stop blaming the players like John Scott from Dropping a Glove said. And I think it's time for him to take some accountability and be like, hey, look, like this isn't where I tried this and it's not working. And this is the deal. But you can't say that the, that the, the your one positive thing every single night is that, the, that they're in every game and then start picking certain players in and out and being like, I don't like his game because he's doing this. Be one way or be the other way. Obviously, there's improvement. This is a year of, of development. And this is a year of, of uh, you know, cutting the fat. But be real. Be real about it. I like I like torts. But like some of the stuff that he's doing is starting to be a little questionable, in my opinion. Say your thoughts. My thought is <clears throat> he likes the way that he's playing offensively. With that said, sometimes TDA does not make the smartest moves on the defensive end. Sometimes he doesn't stick to his side and leaves his side wide open for the teams to tee it up off to that side. Sometimes. Mm-hmm. And also some of the bad turnovers that he's done. So I could see why he picks on him a little bit. But would you agree that there's a lot, a lot of the other, maybe not a lot of other areas, but there's there's some other areas that need more attention than, than TDA, and and it was brought up on again John Scott's uh, podcast that his 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 stats were better with Carolina, and I believe Torch made a, a jab at that. Uh, they're a more structurally set uh, defensive core than we are. We're, we're still. Yeah. And we're still built. We're still figuring that out. So, so for, I think there's a lot of problems that I have with him actually taking a jab at TDA when the defensive core still isn't structured the way it needs to be to go up against these these dynamo, you know, all star lineups that we have to go up against. Because obviously we're in the NHL, we have to go up against these people. For him to take a jab at kind of his stats, right? That's kind of a shitty thing to do. And I understand the torch yeah. like to set the world on fire and watch it burn. But like at some point you got you got to make a you got to keep it even keel here. Like, this is my opinion. My opinion. Yeah, I, I just think point. you know he knows that uh, Tony Jangelo can handle his criticism. I believe they he's I don't know if they crossed paths when they were when he was back with the Rangers. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Probably not. Um, but he knows that he, he, you know, he's benched him before. He knows that he could, you know, save this type of type of stuff in the in the media, just to light another fire on his ass. You know, maybe he doesn't go all in on the offensive zone as much in these next few games. Okay, well, you you say that there's a little bit of validity with what I'm saying now. Yes, calm, yeah. Like, let's calm down a little bit, man. And, like, uh, and also, if you look here. at the way that that Carolina's design from top to bottom all their players back check all of them aho sketch it off all of them they all come back they all take they all block shots you're not gonna see tk fucking blocking shots you don't want that don't want that yeah i I think the the term (laughs) is and i'll say from sam wismer of the hl beauties um if it's a development developmental year, let them develop. Let them figure it out. If 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 Torres is and, and he's done it a lot, like oh you know this year's this, you know it's, it's it's only this and blah blah blah. And, you know I like that he does scratch some some players because they it needs to happen. 
but at the same time, it's it, it, you gotta follow some of the things that you've said because it's gonna it's not gonna age well. Like you can't say it's a developmental year and then start calling people out. Like that 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 makes no sense. It's very counterproductive. Even if you're torts, it's very counterproductive. But if you're, I don't want to say all star, but he, Tony D'Angelo kind of is an all star defenseman. He, he, no, he's he's if he's not, he's right below it. You, you, good. You gotta but, you gotta call him out every yeah. once in a while. You can't you can't let some prima donnas just do whatever the fuck they want. So you know you gotta throw some dirt on them. Keep it even keel though. Call everyone out, not just one guy. Because there's a he lot does, of problems. he eventually does. Yeah, but Sandheim, I this, know Greg Montour's out yeah. there. Sandheim has messed up pretty substantially a lot this year. So and I wanted to hear him rip him, but maybe uh, yeah. he's too soft for the media aspect of it you know we'll find out we always do well it should have fucking happened yeah the way that he's fucked up he's gotten better but at the beginning of the year sandheim was just terrible making bad mistakes for that for that money that he's making and then i was waiting for tortorella to to rip him but he never did so i wonder maybe he's worse off camera saying some things that or maybe, fired. or maybe the maybe the maybe the torchings are situational. Situational, yeah, maybe. Good word. I love that word. I took credit of making that word up, and it was it's been a word since like the dawn of time. Yeah, I just found the way it. you just bring it up randomly. I like it. I like it. Uh, we got five forty three left in the second period. Still tied two two. So, uh, yeah, we'll get into the next one. JVR's uh, market getting hot. It, it clearly, you know, the, the Flyers are shopping JVR. And he's doing a good job, and that means he wants to go somewhere, which he's going. So you have something on it. I'd like like to hear what you got. I saw a little bit. I didn't read the full article, which is my bad. I should have dove more into it. So it could be just there a rumor. <laughs> um, I saw Minnesota was kicking the tires at JVR. The only problem is they have zero fucking cap space. Yeah. For him. I also heard, I also heard Toronto may want him back. I don't see how that would work. Again, zero cap space. You have to also Unless they somehow loop <laughs> fucking Arizona and their dumpster fucking salary cap. So well, there's there's a lot of things going on, and if that if it's involved with the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs, I think tomorrow, like I said, they're errant at some point. So, uh, the sixth man is back. So we can catch them. It'll be up on our stuff. We'll figure all that out. Uh, JVR, he's got to go. That contract's got to get off the books. Yeah, I mean, it sucks because he's actually playing well this year. But like I, like we've all been saying, he's probably just showcasing. But the last few games, like especially yesterday, as, as gritty as it was and rough and tough hockey, like we all love, he was actually, you know, showing the fuck up, getting up in the up in the dirty areas where he would be perfect at. I, I just don't know why he's afraid to fucking play the center or uh, front well, of the net. That's that's the thing too. Is like I said it last episode too that like even if he didn't leave, I wouldn't be upset with it. Just he's he's just too much money at this point, and. Um, yeah, if he wants to stay, he'll stay. I mean, like, watch us get like a third rounder for him. I think it was because we don't have one this year. 
I forget his name. I, I wanna. I, I don't wanna mess his name up. The host of High and Wide Radio. I think his name's Jim. Um, he had said that it's. I think it's. It's realistic. Uh, I think that it's realistic. His take was very realistic, saying that. Um, you can the way that JVR is playing. No, you, the way that JVR is playing is uh, you can expect a second, second or third rounder. You know, I mean that's yeah. he's playing great. I mean, you can't be upset with it. Just like you said, I want him in front of the net, and he's not going to do that while he's showcasing. <laughs> no, which you know, with a big frame like that, like you can do a lot of damage with with being up front. It's just like Joe Pavelski. Look at the career that he's had, and he's nowhere near the shape of JVR, and that's where he makes his fucking money. Right, two obviously different type of players. So, um, yeah, well, he—I mean, we'll see what happens. I have another one too. Oh, I have a, another torch one. I don't know if you saw this uh, torch's message to the season ticket holders. Did, did you read it? It's I very didn't long. Read it. It's very because long. It's it, uh, just, yeah. And, and the reason why I did want to bring it up is because you are a former season ticket holder. Yes. Um, there's a lot of people, and there, and you know, it's crazy. Uh, I can't remember. Jason Gutteridge. Um, he's a he's a media guy. He um he actually got rid of his season ticket holder package, and then they offered him another one, like something else. So when you get rid of your season tickets, like it's like an automated ad immediately, like. Hey, so there's this new Flyers thing that we're offering. So like they're desperate. Um, so the the end of the end of the thing, I'll just read the end of it. Um, we need you with us. We're going to get this right. We're going to make you proud. All together, we're going to remind everyone what this team is all about. John Tortorella. So if people aren't, if people don't know. Uh, to to our value valued inside edge members, um, that's what it is. Uh, that it's offered like right away, immediately, right away. Like another offer when you cancel it, you cancellation email, and then you get another one right away. Um, so, like, I want to believe that. Like, why did you do this? <laughs> why, why did you do this? This was probably, and, and this right here, this wasn't his idea. I don't no, I think, think it was management. Because the uppers. Um so yeah, you can't don't promise shit. Because <laughs> like, if if there's one thing, and I always say that the fan base is either ignorant, they are they're very ignorant. Um and I blame that on the gener the people that were born after us. It's not the old it's some older people because they're just tired and they're waiting for another cup. Um, and I, I, you know, I understand where you're coming from. I've never seen one. So, like, I get that. Um, when you start promising things like that, like that, they're never going to forget that. And when you don't cash in and these results don't happen, they're going to fucking torch you. And this thing right here is the blank check of last year. This this email to all the Inside Edge members is the blank check. Chuck Fletcher last year. So didn't really I, I know you didn't read it because I didn't read the whole thing. I, I just I know what I know what it said. I read the first line and I read the first uh two lines and the last two lines. I knew exactly what it was. 
And there's no, nothing against John Totoro. I know it seems like I'm, I'm torturing him this episode. I'm, I'm really not trying to. Um, this is bad. This is really bad. Because you're really putting in here things that like you're promising that are not going to happen. These things that you're promising are going to happen when you're not the coach anymore. Just wanted to, you know, throw that out there real quick. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it's... But... It's just you can't. I think I think it came from up top management, the owners, Comcast, whatever the fuck. And you know what scares me is the fact that we were all convinced that Chuck Fletcher was not, or not Chuck Fletcher, John Tortorella wasn't, or was behind the driver in the driver's seat. This just shows that he's not. Yep. And and that sucks really bad, but. Moving on to maybe some lighter things. Will there be a blockbuster trade? What do you think? What do you think is going to happen here? For us or just NHL, period? For us. Yeah, we've already had uh, technically two. Well, one's kind of a blockbuster. Tarasenko. Tarasenko, the other one. What was it? Uh, Bo, Corvette. Corvette and Bolivia. Most people don't really know who he is because he's been playing in dumpy fucking Vancouver. Like well, East I Coast mean, play, people know Tarasenko for being with St. Louis. True. <clears throat> but um, I would like to say yes, but knowing our fucking management, Chuck Fletcher and all them goofballs, yep. they'll fuck it up. Be nice if we um, move in the right direction, like get some of this money off of our books for next year. But right. I don't, I don't see it happening. <clears throat> I'm trying to find our um, mailbag question. Uh, where the hell did it go? I don't remember where it is. <laughs> I had some Brandon commented on. If he's still watching, he'll comment again. Um, yeah, I don't think we're going to do anything. Probably I, not. I don't think anything's going to happen. I don't think, I think if anything, it's going to be JVR and it's going to be something, it's going to be for something that, that doesn't even matter. So, Future considerations. Yeah, there's some, you know, what we need is, I think Anthony had said it during the, uh, during our interview with Layton. Um, I think it was, we have, what, what a first round from the, the tippet and, uh, through trade and i think we might have like we need more around because of how deep the the draft is supposedly this year that mm -hmm. we need more more you know first to fifth round draft picks so hopefully chuck fletcher does that and, and gets that done but you know hold your breath um yeah so i guess we can get into the mailbag and see what, what you think of that and it is do the fans trust chuck fletcher's uh Porch's process. You've got mail. I would think so, up until they read that fucking bullshit letter. Because that, just like you were saying, it just makes it seem like he doesn't have the fucking control of the ship, so. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. So, and, and a lot of people are going to read that. They're not going to take that into consideration. Because 
I mean, most people are going to read. I didn't read the whole thing, so yeah, see what, see what happens. But that was the thing. I, I know Brandon had said something. Um, but he agreed. I, uh, Brandon did say he he said he agreed with me that he needs to start taking some uh, responsibility and uh, you know. But uh, real quick before we before we wrap, well, I didn't get anything for the hockey history, and I don't have anything for. <laughs> I don't have anything for Phantom Scope. I didn't get anything from Sam today. Um, but uh, let's see. Oh, we're on our final thought. Should I play the music? Should I try the music for final thought. Lou, I don't hear. You hear me? I hear you, but oh, not the music. Uh, I said, you should I? Should I try it? I'm gonna try it. Yeah, look it. Let's do it live. Can you hear me still? Yep. All right, cool. So I, uh, I'm going to go first with uh, Final Thought, even though Final Thought is brought to you by Brandmore Wine and Spirits. Go to www.brandmorewineandspirits.com. They're also linked up with Hangman Brewery. So we got a whole thing going on here. Pretty cool. It's going to work out for our uh, fans. But, uh, we did have Michael Leighton on. I had an interview this morning at 9.30. Go check that out. It's up on Twitter, YouTube. No, it is up on YouTube, actually. We're live. Um, for YouTube, Facebook, Burger to clip it maybe a little bit. Um, I want to plug his uh, academy, Leighton Goalie Academy. Go check that out. Make sure you uh, check that out. He's that's how we we got him through doing an interview on Center Ice with uh, Ethan Carlone. Um, really cool kid. Um, go check that out. Leighton's an absolute legend. Still holds uh, the best saves in uh, the AHL. Wait a minute for ninety eight. Um, a bunch of a bunch of records too. The craziness. We so many records. So many records. Um, but yeah, that's gonna be mine. I'll have a second one too. Because I gotta plug the other thing. You gotta. But yeah, we're gonna check that out. Michael Layton. Michael Layton Academy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let me get. I'm <clears throat> full You're a final thought. Go birds. Hopefully, right. Bring another championship home. I promise you I won't climb any fucking telephone poles or light poles or flip any cars on Broad Street. I got work tomorrow, so I can't be I can't be doing that. Yeah, you guys gotta get around. I'll just be late. (laughs) I'll just be late. They'll understand. They'll be fucking hungover. Yeah, oh, you're gonna see, you're gonna see, regardless of what happens, you're gonna see some shit. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's what I was saying to the guys on Friday. I was like, regardless if we win or lose, something in Philly's gonna be on fire. Um, with that being said, like I said, Leighton Goalie Academy on Instagram. That's where you go to, and it's literally exactly what I just said. Leighton Goalie Academy. Uh, I just followed up on my personal, so go if you need to go through our uh, old city one and uh, follow him. Uh, doing great things. He's in uh, Ontario now. I thought he was in Jersey earlier. So, yeah. Uh, with that being said, uh, my other part of Final Thought is going to be like it's on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Flyers Alley, on Twitter at Flyers Alley Pod 1, and Instagram at Flyers Alley. Make sure you go to our YouTube. We'll see you sports network. 
And uh, that was episode 101 of Flyers Alley. We'll see you guys next week when... Ladies, everyone. What's going on, everyone? Joel Fernino of Center Ice here. Let me take a minute to talk to you guys about Fanatics. Fanatics is the number one place for all your sports merch. Click on the link in the description of this episode and start shopping. Hockey, football, baseball, basketball, you name it. Fanatics has you covered. Make sure to be on the lookout for their promo codes that are usually free shipping or even a whopping 75% off site-wide. Thanks, everyone, again, and be sure to check out new episodes of Center Ice Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central. What's going on, everybody? Jesse here for Flyers Out, along with Anthony Verasso, as always, doing an early Super Bowl morning edition of Flyers Alley. Got a special guest here, former Philadelphia Flyers goaltender, Michael Layton. Michael, how you doing, brother? Doing well. So thanks so much for coming on, man. We uh kind of kind of kind of a weird way we got you on here. We had uh I interviewed one of your uh students on Center Ice. Uh Awesome, awesome kid. Can you tell me a little bit about him? I how'd you end up hooking up with him? Uh, well, just when I retired, I started uh, training goalies locally here, and uh, there was a group of kids that uh, were kind of passed on to me by another goalie coach that was moving out of town. And uh, Ethan was kind of just starting out; like he was pretty young at that time. And uh, you know, I worked with him for three or four years, and obviously, he's doing great, and he's he's at where he's at now, and uh, just a re- really hardworking kid. He's a good kid. Ethan. Very enthusiastic. Very enthusiastic. Yeah. He told me we were, uh, I think we were live and he was like, yeah, Jesse, so you do the flyer show. I said, yeah. He's like, I think you might be interested in one of my goalie coaches. I'm like, yeah, who is it? And he said, Michael Layton. I was like, dude, let's, uh, let's figure that out real quick. Let's figure that out. Yeah. It's a pretty crazy story with him. He, you know, he didn't, like you said to you guys, I think he didn't start playing goalie until he was 12 or 13 years old. So, uh, he started late, but, uh, what I really liked about him is he was a very good skater. And I think that's somewhat of a lost art with goalies nowadays. So his edge work was great and he could skate and move around the net really well. So I just kind of built off that and kept working on that. And, and like I said, he's doing great over there right now. And he left uh, his family and friends to go play where he is now. And, um, you know, so far it's worked out for him. He's playing great. Is, uh, Mike, yeah, that is, whole- is, is coaching something you've always wanted to get into? Yeah, I've always, uh, ever since I was, I think, 13, 14 years old, I worked for a, a local guy in Sarnia, and I did a bunch of goalie schools and helped out. And um, it's kind of always been in my blood, and I enjoy doing it. I, I enjoy working with younger kids and, and just kind of help them develop. And, um, you know, once I retired, I started my own business and started doing that, lo- you know, locally here and just, just small group stuff, nothing, you know, with 30, 40 kids on the ice. I just have four kids max on the ice and, and really get to – you know, work with the kids more one-on-one stuff. And uh, and then the Spitfires uh, gave me a show and I started working for the Windsor Spitfires now. That's wild. You're, um, I got to ask, um, right off the bat, I, like I like we were talking backstage. Um, so I'm, I'm up in the press box with the Flyers. The game has changed completely. 
Um, what are your thoughts on so the game when you were drafted to when you retired to a little bit of overseas to what the game's like nowadays? What do you like it? Do you like what do you like what it used to be? Do you like how it is now? What's what's your opinion on on today's game? And do you pay attention to the Flyers at all? Uh, yeah, I, I don't get to watch the, the NHL as much as I want to. Um, obviously I'm in, I'm in Windsor, Ontario, LaSalle, Ontario. So it's, uh, with the Spitfires and my own kids, it's tough to sit down and watch an NHL game. So I don't get to watch too much, but highlights here and there. So I do follow them. Um, you know, going back to, uh, the, the, the game changing, I think when I first started out, you know, every team had the top two lines that were very skilled. Third line was more of a hardworking, some skill. Fourth line was just a, a grinding fighters kind of mentality. And, um, you know, now that I'm working with the Windsor Spitfires, I see these young kids, 16 to, to 19 year olds come in and play for us. And, and the skill level of these kids is phenomenal. Like I see kids that at 16, 17 years old that have more skill than some of the players you know, when I first started in 2002 in the NHL, like the skill, these kids start when they're six years old training, you know, with their hands and, you know, the Connor Bedard, Betsy, you know, like toe drag release and stuff, right. It's these kids are phenomenal coming in and, and you see them moving up. And when, once they get in their twenties and they get to the NHL, they're doing things that no one could do when, you know, back in 2003, when I first started. So the game's changed for me. It's just the skill of these players and the speed and the skating has really advanced for these kids. Would would you? Uh, there's there was one question I was asking a couple people uh, last time I was in the press box was, do you think that your game, what your style of goalie and play would have adapted better to when you played, or do you think you'd be better nowadays? Uh I don't know. That's, that's a tough one. Obviously uh, I played a lot. I played 18 years pro, so I, I had to adapt. And I think that's what I was good at. The game did change, uh, but I did adapt my game throughout my 18 year career. I went from more of a stand up reacting guy into a blocking Jaguar st style a little bit for a few years. And then I kind of mixed them both together. Uh, but it, like I said, it's really the speed of the game and the speed of the puck. The puck moves a lot faster now. And uh, some of these young goalies coming in are, are very quick and, and uh, can move their feet a lot faster probably than I could. So I, I'm not saying I'd be behind. I'd be more of a smarter positional goalie at this time, still trying to react. But some of these kids are very athletic and can move around the net really well now. So it sounds like you had three different style of goalie, goalie tan – oh, the type of play – the type of way you play net – throughout your 18-year career, how do you confidently go about changing up your style? Because everything with goaltending is confidence, and it's like we all want to fall back into our habits when the new thing isn't working. So how did you stay so determined and so disciplined to change your style? Well, a lot of it's just in practice, right, trying new things. Um, obviously, you have different goalie coaches. I had a lot of a lot of goalie coaches over my career, and, uh, you know, I kind of go to one team, and they would – you say, okay, this is what we have to do. And I would learn how to do that. I would go to another one and just kind of mold it all together into my game. But uh, the game is, it, it's always changing. So you have to change with the game. And and like you said, it, it's sometimes hard uh, confidence wise. You know, I, I went to Anaheim and, uh, uh, you know, where Jaguar was, uh, Francois Lair was my goalie coach. 
So he, I went from a total reacting goalie into uh, he wanted me to be a blocking goalie. So that was tough. I, you know, the first uh, four or five days in training camp, I'm, I'm standing deeper in my net, just getting lit up by all the guys in Anaheim. And, and I'm looking at him like, you know, this is training camp. I'm getting, he's like, Oh, don't worry. Don't worry. Just keep sticking with it. Stick with it. And I went to the AHL and uh, you know, the first two or three weeks, things weren't going good. And then all of a sudden it started clicking and, Next thing you know, what I'm I'm getting called up to to Anaheim and get picked off waivers and bang bang bang. So, you know, I end up working out, and then I took that style and kind of molded that into, you know, positional and reaction goalie, and, and made more of a hybrid. So before you, so what were your thoughts about coming to Philadelphia? Oh, I was well. I, I came there early in my career. I came there that year actually. I uh, I got picked off reentry waivers by Nashville. And I was there for a while. And then um, Thomas Volkun broke his thumb. So he just came back. So they sent me down and I got picked up by Philly. I, I was there for about three weeks. And at the trade deadline, they sent me down um, and I got picked up by uh, Montreal. So I got picked up by a few teams that year. And uh, in 2010, you know, I, I was in Carolina. Cam Ward got hurt and uh, they brought in uh, Manny Legacy. So I was there, and then when Ward got back, I was kind of the, the odd man out. So they put me on waivers. Nobody wanted me. And uh, I think it was Ray Emery got hurt, had a hip issue. Yeah. Um, so my agent called Philly and just said, hey, you know, if you want to pick up Mike and he'll back up for you for a bit. And, uh, you know, when you're done with them, he'll go to the minors and be a good good sport. You know, you just need somewhere to play. So home uh, Holmgren was like, yeah, sure, sounds good. So they put me on reentry waivers, and boom, I got picked up, and – Made it to the Stanley Cup Finals. So pretty good. End up being pretty good. <laughs> I would say so. I mean, that was a pretty eventful 2010 season for you because was it early on that you got claimed by Philly? Because I remember there was – I'm so I'm in Boston, and my buddies all had tickets. We went to a game early that season in October against you guys, and it was like an ass-kicking. Like Cam Ward started, I believe. But I remember you came in, and I remember being like, what goalie wears 49? Fast forward, here you are in the Winter Classic back in Boston. So – was it early on that Philly claimed you? Because I, I honestly forget. And then if you can just talk about that Winter Classic experience. Yeah, it was. Uh, I think it was early December. Uh, first week of December, I got picked up. Uh, I went in. I backed up a couple games. And then uh, uh, Brian Boucher ended up getting hit on the finger and broke his finger. And uh, I went in. I played, I think, three or four games before the Winter Classic. And I think I won all three or four of them. And uh, Labulette brought me in his office and just said, hey, you're playing great and you've earned the start you know, for the winter classic. So uh, he told me that the day before. So that was just a shock to me. I was, I was just hoping to go right and be uh, on the bench or even in the stands. So uh, amazing experience. Boston was great. Uh, obviously losing that game, put a little damper on it. Uh, but just the whole experience, the the way they treated us and, and the fans and the crowd, it, it was, it was just all around great, great experience for me obviously that was one of the biggest uh showcases and biggest uh, events i've played in uh J jesse let me just jump in because i have one quick follow-up with that winter classic what were the sight lines like because you were standing on your head the whole game and then i think it was like marco sturm shot one from the red line that like just went through your arm but like trickled by the post like it, it was crazy so if we could just talk about the different angles that you would see well, when you speak of angles, that I was just making sure I had good angles, so it got by me. But I knew that was going to happen. Uh, no, you know what the the weather was perfect. The lighting was actually pretty good. The ice was great. 
I, honestly, I don't think we could ask for a better night. Obviously, I, I wouldn't want that to squeak by me and, and stop on the goal line. But, uh, you know, like I said, it, the night was perfect, except for the loss. Need the offense to help you. It wasn't on you. Oh, yeah. yeah. Got to blame the defense on that one. <laughs> uh, just to talk about the locker room during that year. Uh, you got, I mean, Jeff Carter, Mike Richards, Riley Cote, you know, um, some other guy, Scotty Upshaw. I mean, that sounds like a pretty active locker room. Is there any, any, any good stories you could tell us that, you know, maybe PG, maybe not PG. It's not a kid's show, but uh, anything? Uh, uh, anything? Not, not really stories. Uh, we just had a great locker room that there was a couple quiet guys. And then we had, you know, the, the Scotty Hartnells, uh, Chris Prongers, you know, the guys that like to mess around and have fun. And so that that's what made it really interesting with our with our group is, you know, you had that quiet group, but then you also had the guys always picking on the quiet guys. And uh, the media was always honest. So, you know, you got Pronger every day saying something funny to the, the media guys. And, uh, yeah, no, in the locker room, we were pretty tight. Uh, you know, I remember we were doing some uh, some charity event, I think, at the, at the Wachovia Center and full, almost full building. And they were doing a TV timeout or something. And, and Scott Hartnell went to center ice and started doing the uh, – uh, the Hulk Hogan, you know, trying to get everybody uh, riled up. And so that's just kind of guy he was, you know, like the whole crowd's silent and Scott, Scotty goes out there and starts doing that to get him going. So just a, just a good group of guys. I enjoyed being in that locker room for sure. What was uh, Chris Pronger like? Like obviously the big polarizing figure, but as you said, would kind of take, take some of the, the, the heat towards the locker room and deflect it and make it kind of put some pressure on him with the media. Because as you said, the media was, really out to disrupt that locker room for some reason that year? Uh, sarcasm. That's how I'm going to describe him. You know, he he seemed like he was being a dick all the time, but he was just trying to be funny. And I think every, some people hated it. Some people loved it. Uh, you know, but, you know, there was all these talks about how we didn't get along and there was some tension between some players. And that was all BS. You know, we all got along and we all had fun. And obviously making as far as we did was just uh, – it shows that if there's any animosity in the room that that wouldn't happen. You know what I mean? Like we were all, we all had each other's backs and we were all uh, in it together. So it turned out to be a great year, obviously. Who, uh, so you end up in Philly, uh, who kind of like a quick hit questions here. Uh, where was your spot to go in Philly? Spot to go out to eat, spot, spot to go hang out. Who, and who are you hanging out with? Uh, I, well, I lived in Voorhees. I had my family with me, so it wasn't like I was uh, hanging out downtown or anything. But uh, Del Frisco's, uh, I, I became good friends with Dr. William Myers there. So we'd go uh, once in a while to Del Frisco's and, and get a good steak there. Uh, that was kind of my, my restaurant to eat. But, uh, you know, it's not that it's embarrassing, but I was an Olive Garden guy. I always loved uh, ch chicken parm, breadsticks and salad at Olive Garden. That's, that was probably my go-to. <laughs> Not Can't go that. wrong with a little Italian dishes. No. Uh, that season, 2010, you come in against Boston. I think it was game five, right? That's when Boucher gets hurt. But it was middle of the game. You come in cold, uh, continue the shutout, obviously have a stellar game six, game seven, you guys win. Uh, what was it like coming off the bench in the middle of the game and having to, you know, just keep up that shutout going? Uh, the first two minutes of that, when I went in first, I think it was second period I went in, that was probably the most nervous I've ever been in a game. 
I, I had a high ankle sprain, I think, uh, first week of March. So I didn't play, you know, I, I was told my season was done. The doctor said, you have a tear in three spots in your ankle, like your season's done. So we made playoffs on the, uh, on a shootout against New York. Uh, we go by New Jersey first round. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, okay, I got, you know, steroid shot. I got PRP down in my ankle and it's starting to feel a little better. I get on the ice, uh, you know, working with Jeff Reese a little bit. And then we get in the second round and I start pushing it a little bit more. So that was the first game I was actually on the bench, uh, you know, backing up again. So I, I jump on the bench, just happy to be there. And all of a sudden, bang, Bush goes down. And it's like, oh man, okay. So the first two minutes, the team did great just keeping the puck away from me to, to kind of get my feet under me. And, um, you know, once I, once I settled down a little bit and got a few shots, I was good. And obviously it turned out well there too. And then game seven, the Bruins go up three, nothing quick. Like, what do you think of yourself before Lavi calls the timeout? Obviously it's pretty deflating. Uh, you know, you're all pumped to get to that situation, but still, even when I was going into that game, there, there wasn't too much pressure. We felt that was on us. You know, the pressure was on all on them to close that series up and, for us to even to battle back and to get into game seven was pretty amazing. So, uh, you know, it was definitely uh, disheartening when you're sitting there and you get in game seven, you're all pumped up and all of a sudden, bang, 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 you're down three Oh, and you're like, ah, but as a goalie, you kind of, every goal that goes in, you just kind of refocus and regroup and not worry about, you know, what the outcome is going to be. You just, you just got to play your best and make that next save. And Lobby called the timeout. He, he, walked down the bench and said, Lates, we're good. You're good. You're good. And they told the guys, let's just get the next goal. Um, I think it was near the end of the first or the, yeah. you know, eight minutes left or something. He said, let's just get one goal before the end of the period. And uh, we did. And I don't know if we got one or two. We might have just got one. But I kind of settled this in once we, we you know, got that goal. And then we uh, rolled in the second period and we were kind of just going from there. I mean, there was a play – I think in that second period where like the replay for a split second show, like you guys getting the lead, but they couldn't really prove the puck went over the line over Tuca and stuff like that. But um, didn't you have like two shutouts against Montreal the following series? Like you guys just steamrolled them, but it's just, especially you, like you really solidified that crease in that round. Yeah, I got three. Actually, there's, there's only, uh, I think there's only two or three goalies in the semifinals that got three shutouts. So that was pretty, uh, pretty good. We played great defensive hockey. We shut them down. Uh, you know, we knew they were going to be tough. They, I think they beat Washington and Pittsburgh, I believe, yeah. before they got to us. So we went into that series, you know, not taking them lightly. And uh, our defense, the defense core was great that series. Uh, and obviously we scored some huge goals and, and guys really stepped up. And it seemed like we really steamrolled them, but they were a good team. So we, we just, we played really well that series. Laviolette, the real deal. Well, probably one of my favorite coaches that coached the Flyers. Um, <clears throat> I personally would, would love Rick Tockett to come and uh, do that, but now he's doing this thing in Vancouver. What's uh, What was it like being coached by Laviolette? Was he a stand-up guy? or is it, is it Yeah, much yeah I, had him, I had him a little bit in Carolina, so I knew him before I got there. Uh, you know, very good guy, uh, good motivator. That's what I liked about him. He, he's always a very good talker and to get the boys going, uh, you know, with a quick little speech. So um, he had a good core of coaches there and the whole staff was great in Philly. And, um, you know, Lobby's obviously been around a while and he's, he won a Stanley cup in Carolina. So he knows what he's doing and he did a great job for us. And, uh, you know, obviously 
after we left, the team got shuffled around and, and he, mo- he moved on. But he went into Nashville, kind of turned that team around too. He did a great job there. And now he's in Wash. So has a chance for a Stanley Cup again this year. So just a good guy and good coach for sure. Yeah, uh, go ahead, Jesse, because uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write down a note real quick. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, just I mean, we talked brief about uh, overseas. How was hockey over over uh, playing overseas? Uh, it was different. Um, you know, I, I've never been over to Europe or, or traveled that far. So for me to, to fly over to to the Ukraine and play in, in Donetsk was it was a new experience for me. My wife and kids stayed back home, which was really really hard for me to be away. Um, but the hockey part was was just different. You know, it's uh, the big ice surface. Uh, it's a lot of skill over there but they play different systems and different styles. So I, I adapted really well over there. I don't know why I, I was just very patient and felt there was actually more time for me to move around because the big ice surface the guys weren't in tight, uh, you know, moving the puck uh, close to me as much. So I enjoyed, uh, you know, playing over there. And uh, like I said, there, there was a lot of skill over there. And, uh, you know, Dadovich was one of the players on my team who was kind of a, a just above average player in that league when I played with him and now he's doing great, great things in the NHL. So you see what, how much skill is over there. Um, but just the style of play is just different. It's, uh, it's not like a system style. It's just more of a free range guys just going around and, and showing their skill. They'll have an open net, but then decide to do a spin around a back pass to someone back door and try to score, which is great for me. If I gave him an open net and he didn't shoot it and the guy misses the net back door, that's great. So just, just different hockey. Uh, is that something the way you adapted to that league, what you touched upon earlier, where, you know, when you're in Anaheim, you got to be more of a reactionary goalie. And it sounds like with you, you're like, you know what, whatever style you want me to play, I'm going to do it. Like, I think that's a great attribute you have. Yeah. And uh, I think that's why I played 18 years pro. It's, it's really hard to just play your style, um, you know, for more than three or three to five years, because the game is changing constantly. So if you just stick to your style, you might not uh, last very long in the league for sure. So, probably should have asked this question at the beginning of the of the interview. Um, growing up as a kid, who's who's your uh, who's your favorite player, and who you who do you model your uh, game after? Uh, well, I grew up a Maple Leaf fan. Just being close to Toronto, I mean, you guys don't delete this podcast after me saying that. <laughs> uh, but I, you know, Curtis Joseph was a big. Uh, I was a big fan of his, and I think Felix Potvin was my was my favorite goalie. Just his style, the way he played. Uh, so I always kind of wanted to be like him. And uh, a funny story: after I finished uh, 2010, I, I used to go train in Sherbrooke, Quebec, with uh, Stefan Waite, my goalie coach from Chicago, way back in the day. And uh, I was on the ice, and I look over and I see Felix Potvin talking to Stefan. So. I just went over there. I took my glove off and I said, Hey, I need to shake your hand. I'm Michael Layton. Uh, big fan of yours growing up. Just very nice to meet you. I just had to shake your hand and I, and I skated away. So after practice, I get off the ice. I'm in the locker room and Stefan says, Hey, uh, Felix wants to see you in the hallway. So I went out in the hallway and he, he has his two kids with him and says, Hey, it's funny how you said, you know, you're a big fan of mine growing up. My kids were watching you in the Stanley Cup finals and, and all through the playoffs, and they were a big fan of yours. Can can you sign a card for them? And they had a card of mine. So kind of came around full circle, but great guy uh, and, and just pretty cool story to meet someone like that. That's awesome. 
that that's hockey, man, right? Like it's just like you said, it comes full circle. Hockey, you can meet so many great people. Um, your career, obviously, you said 18 pro seasons, shutout record in the AHL, right? That's the one you have. Uh, yeah. Talk about your time down there, and obviously that great record that you still hold. Well, you know what? I a lot of people think uh, the AHL is an easy league. It's not. Um, every time I got sent down or started in the AHL, I always took that as a challenge for me. And um, I kind of always said to myself, you know, if, if I just go down there and, and either pout or just whatever, I'm in the AHL, I'm not going to make it. I wouldn't make it anywhere. Right. And if I wanted to get back to the NHL, I had to be the best goalie in the AHL. So that was the attitude I took um, right from day one. Had a great rookie season, made the all-star team. Uh and, and like I said, every time I got sent down, it was just an attitude of, okay, I, I need to get back to the NHL. And I really worked at my game down there. And um, I, I played with a lot of good players and a lot of good coaches. And, uh, you know, I was in Rockford. And I, I'm i a stats guy, but I don't really follow, like, how many I had over my career. And someone came up to me one time and said, hey, you're five away from the record for shutouts in the AHL. And, okay. And then – I got back-to-back shutouts and then I'm getting a bit closer. Right. So then I started getting my mind a little bit. Uh, but yeah, just beating that uh, Johnny Bauer was uh, the record holder. Um, so after I beat it, Johnny Bauer actually called me on the phone and, and talked to me for about 15, 20 minutes. Great guy. Uh, so yeah, pretty cool experience. And, and, and I was in Rockford at the time. So Rockford had a great uh, ceremony for me and the guys gave me a, a nice helmet signed by all the players, gold helmet and a case. So, a lot of cool stuff and uh, just a great experience and cool record to hold for sure. The AHL is literally known, well, us at our network as the anything happens league. Uh, anybody that says that the AHL is an easy league to be in, obviously doesn't watch it and doesn't know anything about it because some of the stuff that still happens down there, we're seeing some some uh, some brawls still happen down. They they do have put some rules on it. I think that you can only fight like ten times a a, a year or something like that. I've, have you ever been in one goalie fight? You ever been uh, asked <laughs> yeah, to? I, or? I, I fought one in the OHL in playoffs. So we had kind of a line brawl. Um, and then AHL, I fought uh, Cam Ward in a big brawl. Oh. And I fought and I fought Jimmy Howard in a, in a line brawl. So I got in a few. Uh, I was on the bench for a few, obviously. Uh, but, you know, in Norfolk, Virginia, we had my first couple of years, we had some tough guys. We had. You know, Sean Thornton, Aaron Downey, uh, Ruman Nadir, uh, Ty Jones. So we had we had five to six guys that could beat up anyone in the league at any time. So we had a couple just full out. We started all five of those guys and and they started their five tough guys and big brawls. Um, but I was, you know, I was 19, 20 years old and at that time. So I kind of didn't go down fighting a a 30-year-old at the time, but yeah, I got in a couple of tussles. It was it was fun at the time. Mike, what are some of the goalies that you know were picking your brain um, and down in the AHL and some of the goalies that you really took pride in? Like, hey, you know what? Let me show you the ropes, kind of a thing. Uh, uh, Nedeljkovic in in Detroit, and I had uh, Connor Ingram, who uh, is doing great now. So those were two young guys I signed. I was older; I think I was like 35, 37. I signed in the AHL to be like a a third goalie slash mentor kind of guy. And, uh, you know, I had Jocelyn Tebow my first year in, in the NHL was my starting goalie. And 
that was one guy I really looked at and said, okay, I, this is what I want to do when I get older. I want to be that mentor to some young kid. Uh, and, uh, you know, so I take those guys out for dinner once in a while, uh, Christian Jari, uh, the Smith, you know, those guys in, in Pittsburgh too, like just to, just to talk to these kids and, and see where they're at. Cause coming from junior hockey or coming from college into pro in the AHL, it's, it's tough. And you have to explain to these kids that it's the, like you said, the AHL is not an easy league. I've seen some amazing goalies, uh, even some NHL guys go down to the AHL and struggle. And then they go back to the NHL and they're fine. You know, so it's, it's something you just got to mentally prepare for and, and really work at your game and just not focus too much on how the game's going for you. And as, as much as just working on your game to get to the next level. And then obviously it'll all kind of even itself out at the end. I got one more. I know you're under a time constraint. And my kids are going wild in the background. Uh, <laughs> uh, props to my wife for keeping the uh, the animal farm down. Um, if 1998 Michael Layton could give uh, 19 or 2019 Michael Layton any advice, what would it be? 2019. So like my last year. Let your first year playing. Uh, last year. Yeah, your last year. Uh, I would say for me, my first five years pro, I think I could have did a better job, uh, working harder in practice. That was one thing I learned kind of middle to later in my career that the harder you work in practice, uh, it just kind of carries over. You'll, you'll definitely improve more. I, I, I was on the ice to practice, but just didn't have much purpose to it. Uh, you know, an off ice, uh, just taking care of your body all the time. But, but practice was a huge thing. I, later in my career, when my body was breaking down, I finally realized, like, oh, geez, I got to, you know, really maintain my body. But practice was a huge thing. And, and always have fun. You know, that's, again, you don't want to just jump on the ice to practice just, just to be out there. You're out there to, to compete with your teammates, to have fun, uh, to make each other better. And, and that's one thing when I was younger, I just, I was just there to be there. And I was happy to be there. Where later in my career, I was struggling to stay there. And I wanted to be there and I wanted to be at the top. So I worked even harder and I got the results pretty quick. Mike, final question for me, man. Um, real quick, just your thoughts on Carter Hart, the goalie now with Philly. Um, had some ups and downs so far in his career. He's looked pretty good last couple of games. Inconsistency, in my opinion, has been like his biggest thing. But uh, just thoughts on him now. And do you think he can be the guy in the future for this team as they try to rebuild? Oh, he can definitely be the guy for the future. He's, uh, he's still young. I know, I know people don't say that anymore about him, but as a goaltender, he's very young still. Um, he's very, he might be smaller in size, but he plays the game really well. Great skater. Um, you can just see the, uh, how elite he is when he moves around the net. And for me, that's a big thing. Uh, he's quick. He's got all the right tools. It's just, uh, you know, you have good games and bad games and, and uh, obviously just eliminating the bad games as much as you can. And if you get a tough goal scored on you, just, erasing that and starting over, like I said earlier. Uh, but he definitely has a talent and uh, I wish him all the best. He's doing great. With that being said, Mike, thanks so much for coming on. We definitely have to have you on again. Um, <clears throat> make sure everyone goes and watches this. You all know where to watch it. And uh, we'll be on at one thirty. Also go birds. I don't know if you're an Eagles fan, but uh, yeah, I am today. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway. <laughs> With that being said, we'll be on at 1.30. Thanks again, Mike, for coming on. I want to talk to you again. Thanks for having us, guys. Thanks, Mike. Have a good
Head on over to RighteousFelon.com for all of your favorite beef jerky flavors. I recommend starting off with the whole shebang craft jerky bundle. The jerky is smoky and savory, spicy and sweet. All of your favorites, all in one variety pack. Use promo code OCSN in all lowercase to get 15% off at checkout. Don't miss this great opportunity. Go to RighteousFelon.com today.